Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. You're listening to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 52. Just a reminder, you can find all my shows and notes at callthatgirl.biz slash office365 or at callthatgirl.podbean.com. And you can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash callthatgirl. And before we get rolling this week, got to thank our friends over at App River for sponsoring this show. And uh, what I love about them is that they are a web and email specialist. They're open 24 hours a day. They're based out of Florida. I have uh, relied on them for many, many migration uh, pr- <laughs> projects I've had. They are uh, pretty fast, and they can remote in and help you with uh, most of your little issues if you're a partner. Uh, they have partner and reseller plans. And if you're interested in talking to AppRiver about working with them for your Office 365, please contact my rep, Steve Harris, Harris at AppRiver.com. There's also a link on the callthatgirl.podbean.com, which you can just go in and apply at your leisure. You don't have to send an email to talk to them. Okay, uh, let's see. I have relied on uh, App River this last week a little bit because in this show today, this show is a one-topic show, folks. I'm going to talk about probably the biggest Outlook slash migration job I've done ever. It's a 13-hour job. And this job went wild. And I talked to the the client and I said, look, I got to talk about this show. Or I got to talk about this on my show because this thing went in so many different directions. It was nuts. And uh, she said, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I said, Bill, it's just to show you how technical things can go crazy. And when you first talk to you know somebody, you're like, oh, yeah, I can help. But then things go wrong. And uh, so I'm going to discuss that in, in detail today. But before we get going, I do want to discuss uh, the big news on LinkedIn that Microsoft bought LinkedIn, which to me initially, I was kind of shocked. I was like, oh my God, is that bad or good? I couldn't figure it out. And then I started realizing that's good if you're on LinkedIn and you actually know how to market on LinkedIn. You know, if you're doing Office 365 work, part of their um, part of their press release was to say that they wanted pretty much they want the database for uh, Office 365. <laughs> so if you're a technician, this is a gold mine, in my opinion, for getting right to the clients. And we know that uh, a lot of people have had some, you know, difficult struggles with working with uh Microsoft, so they already know they want the product, they don't want the support, and that's where we step in. So at this time, I think I'm going to up my game a little bit um, because this is going to be big, I think, folks. So for those that want to get more engaged, I'm going to work on a consulting kind of thing um, to try to get you guys that don't have any experience or don't know enough to get at least in the game because as much as I'd love to say it, I can't support the world. I know, I know, I know, I'm, you know, I think I could, but I really can't. So what it takes is teams of us that are going to do it right. And I know how to do it right from my standpoint. So if you're interested in getting some consulting, I'm going to try to work out something that's affordable for you guys. Uh, Email me, lisa at callthatgirl.biz, and 
I'm going to put in the show notes a couple LinkedIn shows I did a few years ago about uh, social media marketing with LinkedIn. And I did them with uh, Larry Aldrich, who is known through the Podnuts community as Doc Brown. He was my old producer, and we did some, I think, two, at least two shows on LinkedIn. So it's good stuff. Some of it might not be relevant anymore, but for the most part, it should be. But get your game on. Update your profile, and then I will try to help you guys get in with these business folks because it's going to be heavy. Okay, and the other, of course, uh, reminder is uh, the Facebook groups. Uh, I do have the Office 365 Facebook group, so the link will be in the notes. You could come up and join there. We'll be staying interactive. And, um, of course, if you're interested in joining the IT Business Owners group, that group has gotten a little bit more steam in the past week. It's going vendor crazy. So if you want to get in touch with vendors and get to know them, this is the place because all of them are jumping in the group and becoming active participants and talking about their stuff and helping us. I'm calling it a little elite crowd, I guess, because there's not a lot of members and we've got some good people in there. So that link will also be in the notes as well. All right, now we're ready for the big client job. 13 hours build so far. We're not done yet. Okay, so the story starts this way. I don't even know how to even start it. <laughs> All I can tell you is at the end of it, everything is done so far. Okay, so I got a call um, many weeks ago from a, a tech that said, uh, yeah, I need your help. And he started to explain the situation. Basically, um, the client had pop for many, many, many years. Now with pop and outlook, you know, there's, there's no connection to the server except for the one way download. So Outlook pretty much can, since it's standalone, can, you know, handle a lot. And uh, I don't know if this is 100% true, but he said there's at least 20,000 folders. And I said, huh? So anyway, what happened was he said that he tried to move all 27, or, or excuse me, 20,000 folders to an IMAP server, which... I mean, I've never heard of that many. I've seen 1,300, but never 20,000. I actually didn't even think 20,000 folders could be an Outlook, but it was. So uh, so what happened is he needed my help because he had put it up on the server. He had a backup. And he was like, can we fix this? Because she wants her, because uh, the IMAP would sync, right? But it got corrupted that she wants her uh, iPhone to sync and everything. And I said, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out and we'll put it up on Exchange. I don't know if Exchange can hold 20,000 folders, which I don't think can happen. But I said, we'll at least get the core folders up and the rest can be on a master computer. So, you know, but he needed my help to get that next level taken care of. Um, you know, to his defense, he didn't know she had 20,000 folders which can happen because a lot of times we help clients and don't know what they have going on under the grill. And next thing you know, there's hidden folders within hidden folders within hidden folders. So I, I totally like agreed with him. So I spent like an hour talking to him about this job. And then I said, because I don't know if I can fix it, I'm willing to look at the backup PST file and tell you if I can fix it or not, and then give you a quote on time. So I actually put in a couple hours pro bono on this to see if I could uh, even do it. So he sent me the file, and once I got it, I opened it up and I said, oh, no, there's something more wrong with this file. And he's like, what? I said, well, the file is broken 
from before you even helped her. It goes back to last September. She had a PST crash back then, and another tech had tried to fix it. And instead of using, um, I don't know what tool they must have used, but everything was in like a demo version. So the data wasn't there. All the folders were there, but the data all said uh, something about being processed by the demo and you had to pay. And this was uh, like, what, nine months ago. So I said, well, I need to go in and fix that. That was my concern was that the email was missing. So this is where it kind of turned into a two-part job. Okay, so um, I, I, I fixed that PST file. I actually got uh, it repaired, and it turned out to be a 20-gig PST file after the repairs. So it was bigger than we thought. <laughs> it, was, it was quite big. Um, so luckily, uh, the client and I both have Dropbox with uh, one terabyte space, so I put the repaired file up on the Dropbox and I said, okay, now at this point, I think we're good to go. Um, I've got the PST from back last year and beyond, which she had emailed back to 2006. Okay, so I got that fixed and then I said, we're good to go. And he said, well, she's been using um, her webmail since this all broke and I uh, I told her not to move email out of the inbox and we would do it when we finally got this all fixed. So I said, okay, so I worked with the client. Uh, I gave her a quote of the time I'd already put in plus a regular migration. So I said, it's going to be around 760 some dollars, which was very fair for the work I was doing. And she agreed to it. And I said, but you know, there might be more time involved. I don't know what we're going to be getting into here. And she said, that's fine. Just, you know, she was very happy that I could get things fixed. Okay. So then, um, uh, I, I didn't need to, and actually during some of the testing times in the first two hours, I'd remoted into her computers too, to look at, uh, the, the two, she had a laptop and a desktop. And I, you know, I saw some issues in between that, but I think the, the main thing I needed was that backup from before, he called me the crash. Okay. So at that point I was like, all right, everything looks good. Uh, let's schedule the migration. Okay. Well, the day of the migration, something happened and her laptop had almost no hard drive space in it. It had space the first time. I'm quite sure because those are things I look for. And so I was kind of challenged that morning with trying to figure out how am I going to get all these files down because she had 20,000 up on the IMAP but I really only needed the inbox, remember? Well, so I installed, or sorry, I uh, configured the IMAP on the laptop, I configured it on the desktop, and and no emails from the inbox were coming down, and I was very concerned. In fact, only about, I don't know, a handful of those files came down from IMAP too. So at that point I was looking at, okay, this is really, really, really corrupted. And I said to her, I said, uh, so where's all the email that's supposed to be in the inbox? What happened was she misunderstood and she did not leave emails in the inbox. She left, she made new folders. So this was kind of a really big deal because for two and a half weeks, I mean, for somebody that likes folders, I'm saying that because she does like folders, which is fine. But for the last two and a half weeks, I thought she wasn't moving mail, which I could get the email out of the inbox. Turns out she'd been putting them in random folders for two and a half weeks, which is a lot. So I was like, oh no, 
So I, uh, and plus the, the problem is once I had the IMAP set up in Outlook, it was only bringing in a little bit of the inbox and all those other folders were not coming down. And no matter what I did, it was broken. I tried it on my computer. I tried everything I could. You just, I just don't think you can get 20,000 folders to synchronize at all. That's where I'm just gonna go with that one. Okay, so then I had to come up with game plan two. How am I gonna get the current email down because it was in all these folders and what was I going to do to uh, to fix this plus the master computer had a 2016 outlook on it and in the meanwhile just to let you know that I kind of forgot this little bit of the story that I tried um, some test testing with the 20,000 folders in the exchange server but that even broke it would not bring down the mail. I still want to do some testing to make sure, but I mean, I've just, I don't think I'll ever come across a 20,000 again, but, um, nah, you never know. I just kind of like to know what the limits are. The most I've ever seen on exchange successfully was 1300. So that's kind of like my, my top. Okay. So then I had to figure out game plan, uh, game plan B here. And how am I going to get all these uh, folders that she had moved over? So I thought, well, okay. I use migration whiz. And since she's on IMAP, that I could easily configure. So the first time I ran Migration Wiz, I, I uh, kind of was stressing out because it kept failing. And I knew why it was failing because it was timing out and it had too many files to go through before the timeout. And I worked with the tech support at Migration Wiz and they were like, yeah, I don't know if you're ever going to get all those to come over. And they gave me some filter options and some things to try. And it just, I don't know. They just said, you have to probably filter out certain folders. And then I was kind of like, oh my God, how am I going to do that? I mean, uh, there's so many folders and so many subfolders that she was using that I just, I was really like, how do I fix this? And she, at this point, you know, got to give it to her. She knew I was working hard. She still had access to mail. She really wanted to fix. So I said, okay, I need your help here. If you can go through your webmail folders and figure out which ones I can make a filter and just get those. Then I could, you know, kind of uh, mix and mash the rest and try to make it work for her. But then I really was thinking about it and I said, no, I know the filters in migration was, I think it'd be better if I made a top folder called migration folder and had her move the folders to underneath that. So then we only had one level to go. So it was inbox with a sub level of the one called migration folder, and then everything could be subbed. Okay. So after we did that, um, we did the first round, we're going to call it part a and she had 500 folders. So 500 folders moved, in the first migration and it was successful, which I was just freaking out. Cause I was like, Oh my God, it worked. Yikes. So migration whiz is awesome. Okay. For those that are needing it, I don't use it for every migration, but the ones I needed for man, this one really just saved my hiney. Well, it just saved the whole project. So, um, at that point I set it up to work with her new account in exchange that I was going to move to. So I didn't have to mess with anything. And once it was uh, through the final pass, 
honestly, honestly, I had a slow afternoon and I just said, let's just go for it now. So we cut the servers. Um, as soon as I, uh, I actually had set it up in our outlook, uh, before I even cut the servers, I set it up perfect from exchange. So, so her master computer, the second problem I had, of course, was 2016 and that exchange issue, it wouldn't set up the account. So I had to go in and uninstall it and downgrade her to 2013, which I'm just getting so used to because 2016 sucks. And if you're listening and you're, you're having success, kudos to you, but it just sucks. So, uh, I downgraded that installed the, the exchange or configured her account rather. And then I did it on her laptop, got that configured. I had everything coming down from the server, which was her current inbox. And then all those subfolders, the 500, and that was all. And that was just enough because those were the folders she'd worked with for the past few weeks. If you are confused, I don't blame you. This whole job, to me, I did this in, you know, a lot of hours. It was a lot to, to work on. And I had a lot of technical issues during this time. And it was uh, not only that, the laptop was out of space. And the master had uh, was getting low on space, and I get concerned about that because I like the, the the drives to have enough space on them. Okay, so then we've got the iPhone set up, and once the iPhone was set up, I you know you have to tell your people to expect to let things you know download, and I still think that there's probably 500 folders is probably too many for an iPhone. But then again, I've never tested it, so I would not know. But I'm going to have her test it, and she's on a trip right now, so she'll get back to me about it. But anyway, so uh, let me get back to my notes here. Um, so the next step is that the the day it all crashed and the tech called me, here's what I think happened is that he did an export, and he actually got everything off it. We went through, like, just picked out some folders of the 20,000, and it was... There was stuff there, so I think that might have actually crashed it. I don't know, but it did something because after that I couldn't get anything to work. But uh, I told her that this was a technical glitch and not his fault. And I try telling people that. I mean, there's some jobs that techs do that they intentionally mess things up because they don't know. But he, he in his defense, just did not do anything wrong. It just broke, which happens. Okay. So, uh, so anyway, um, I, I, I put on her master computer, the one that he backed up that was good. So her laptop is just the 500 folders, which is the current work she was working on. And so she's off on her trip, happy as a clam. I got her iPhone configured. I got her current stuff, her master sitting there waiting. And, uh, then I said, now once you're back, I will go and get that PST file that I fixed from last September that was broken. And she never knew because the thing is, if you have 20,000 folders, you know, it's not so much that you, uh, you know, that you, that you need to know where all those 20,000 folders are. I think it was just an organizational thing. So it was just, you know, piecing out pieces by however her projects were running. I, I don't know people's life and how they work. So, um, I just know that there was a lot of data that she probably only would need on a need to know basis. 
So anyway, and the thing is that the original PST file was only 13 gigs, which is really not that much. I deal with PST files way bigger than that. So it wasn't the data, it was just the folders. So when she gets back from her trip, we're going to go and uh, add in the master computer, the other one I fixed. So if I'm accurate, I might be looking at an Outlook profile with 60 to 72,000 folders, which, like I said, I'm talking about this because I've never seen this before. And I think Outlook can hold it. I honestly do. Outlook is, the new Outlook is pretty strong. It can hold a lot. And uh, I'm not talking about 2016. I'm talking about 13. But the um, 13, man, it, it's it's like a super train. It can, it can do a lot. I've seen it do multiple things that I was amazed on. So anyway, uh, what I told her was um, when you get back, Let's, let's take a look at your processes and your thought processes because I work with email management a lot and I'm not a professional organizer and I'm not a trainer, but I do know a lot of things that um, people need to know how to work mobile, like on their iPhone and laptops to make things faster for them. And so I said, let's sit down and we'll have a glass of wine and we'll go through your folders and help you organize them. So... I'm saying this because if you're listening, uh, you know, people spend an hour or two with me and I can change their life with Outlook and folders and management and simplicity and working more efficiently. And, I, you know, it's not expensive these days to work with someone like me, you know. And if you're a tech listening, I do have a referral plan so you can earn a few bucks as well. But I'm not really saying that for that. But the point is this job, you know, just there's so many things that break and I don't think people know that you know that things can max out and it's not the person's problem it's just how they're used to thinking and managing their work you know I told her that uh, I said yeah I work with folder management every day it's it's not a big deal but I just think that this is caps it's capping the limits kind of um all right let me look at my notes here I want to make sure I don't miss any juicy parts of this story so this billable job was 13 hours total. I went over what I initially quoted and I did lower the project price for her because at that point it's a project. And I, I was really happy at the end because it went through so many pieces of, you know, things that I just, I was like, wow, this job just never ends, man. <laughs> it just like never ends. And then I was like, it will end eventually. And hopefully for the better for this client too because I like helping people and that's what I do really well. Okay. Let me say, I was going to check these notes again. Uh, I think I got everything. The story wasn't a full show story. So I'll jump into a few other jobs I did. Um, <laughs> now let me tell you that Dropbox is a nice saving grace man for stuff. Cause I got fast internet and so did she, and it just blazed through, uh, that, that PST file moving that over. All right, gang, let me just take a look at my uh, request here. I got another request this week. I'm going to move my mic here. Another request this week from a couple clients that said uh, that there's another company out there trying to sell Office 365 to, uh, to upgrade them. And I keep telling my clients, please don't work with that company. I'm not going to say their name because I don't want to be that person so much all the time, but you know, it's better to go with a good support person who's going to do the job right than to go with a company that's going to give you a deal on the price. Because anybody that negotiates price for this stuff, to me, 
lacks in support. That's why I like AppRiver. There's one price. There's no negotiating. There's no, hey, if you buy a year, you're going to get a deal. You know, oh, buy three years, you're going to get a deal. There is one price, and that's what businesses know, consistency. So I know when I give my clients a quote, that's the price. There's no negotiating and no talking the sales guy slash tech into giving me a good deal. And I said, and those people are going to hork up your migration. I guarantee it. And I think one of my clients is actually going to still do it because the price sounded good. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what? If you're moving from exchange to exchange, it's cheaper <laughs> generally. And you get me to do the work, which A, you're also supporting me. And then B, you know, if something goes wrong, I'm really good at fixing stuff. But I understand, you know, when it comes down to it, the pricing, uh, people want a good price, but I am a support person and I like good support. And that's how I sell my stuff. So I've got, I don't know, I'm starting to get a few migrations in. I sold one today. Um, I got another migration on Friday. I've got two, another two coming up. And so circling back to what I was saying about LinkedIn is LinkedIn and this Microsoft thing, it, a lot of these folks on LinkedIn are using pop email, IMAP, they're in teams, they're struggling, they're not getting the, the exchange benefits. And, you know, I remember years ago when I started selling exchange, I was like, I just loved exchange. I'd worked in the corporate environment. Then I went and I didn't have it because back then in 2007, it wasn't so easy to have your own exchange server. Well, now it is. And yeah, it has a little cost behind it, but my gosh, it's so awesome. How can you not want it? You know? So, um, so anyway, the LinkedIn thing is, uh, to me, I'm, I, I don't even know how to start the marketing plan for that. And honestly, it, to me, it's, I, I'm gonna have to really work on that. I think, cause you gotta make sure you do it right. Cause there's going to be a lot of people out there hustling for that money. And you gotta make sure that your LinkedIn profile is looking good. And you don't look like you're some uh, tech scammer from India or whatever, because that that's going to be coming. I guarantee you, if you think it's bad with Windows calls, they're going to start scamming people on Office 365 soon, and that's going to be scary, scary, scary stuff. Well, it's what's coming. You're listening. I'm telling you right now. All right, let's do another job. So this week, today is uh, June 14th, and... Um, you know what? The week started off real good. Today's Tuesday. I had three lovely jobs yesterday. Just some little fine-tuning, optimizing kind of jobs. And I really love those because I've kind of got it down to the one-hour limit where I just remote in. I coach them. I help them. I fine-tune it, tweak it, and get out of there. And uh, these kind of folks have such simple stuff that I don't need to push a prepay on them. I can sense that they're just going to be, you know, a random call. And I know at the end I closed it well. I did a good job. And uh, not every person needs to be upsold everything, you know. And I always offer, but honestly, you know, it, uh, not everybody needs it sometimes. Um, let's see. I also have a couple folks that I'm working with now. Uh, I'm talking to, believe it or not, a fella I met through a friend off Facebook that I know in person that he met through uh, another social media channel. And he is a uh, former um, military fella who is very technical, lives in the Philippines with his Filipino wife. 
and he's looking for work. And I said, I could probably get you some work there, friend. So I had a little interview with him on Skype. And I said, I personally don't have needs for a remote support tech, but I have other projects I'd like you to work on. So right now he's working with me on um, an Outlook project, working on contact forms, which uh, I already have a couple people I outsourced that work to, but I'm starting to get some requests for just really small contact, contact forms that aren't like, you know, they don't need any like scripting or any hardcore coding. They're just basically just give us another couple checkboxes. So we and me and him are working on that and um, hopefully going to start um, hopefully being able to offer contact form, you know, work. Because uh, that is stuff I do. I just really just don't want to deal with the making of it. I want to do the installation and training, I think, more. So he's doing that. So if any of you guys out there listening have any techie specialty jobs you need done, email me and I'll pass your name on to him because I know he's looking for work. And because, you know, the the exchange rate's good, so you can get a decent tech for a lower rate. Um, and uh, he's a nice guy. And he's, he's, you know, been on his game, and I really like him so far. So I'm not going to officially give him a, you know, uh, referral yet because I'm still testing the waters, but so far he's doing good work for me. And then I also found another gal on uh, through a Facebook group that is going to work with me on those Outlook training videos finally. And you know what? Those Outlook training videos have been the, oh man, for two and a half years I've been saying it. I'm going to get those out. I'm going to get those out. First I was going to make them for end users. Then I was going to make them for techs. Then I built the whole curriculum. Then I built everything. Then I tried to sell it. And then no one wanted it. And then I was like, I think I'm doomed. But then I finally decided to make the videos. And as I started to make them, I got really frustrated because I'm not good at the training videos. So I found her. I'm doing the content sales and marketing. She's going to do the actual training. And those videos hopefully will be out soon. So texts that are interested in, you know, learning from me, these are, these are my, this is my work. These videos are going to be for sale, but moreover is I'm going to sell them to text to sell to their clients. So you can pay a price for kind of like licensing of it, whatever. And then you can go and sell it to your clients all you want at your price. And that's your profit. Um, I don't want to deal with the selling of them to your clients. It's kind of like a handoff and I'm not going to brand it with call that girl. I am going to brand it with um, a really close name, but not call that girl directly. And um, those that know me will know it's my work. Let's put it that way. But it's not going to be on the videos, so I don't want text to feel like I'm marketing my business. I'm being smart about it because I want the branding to kind of be there, but not enough so one of your clients would go, oh, I'm going to go call her and hire her. That isn't the goal of these videos. But the videos are going to be pretty neat. I'm doing a lot with tips, tricks, and troubleshooting. And the troubleshooting is going to be really simple stuff. Nothing like hardcore, you know, where, um, nothing hardcore where people are going to be able to fix their own problems per se, not take money out of your mouth from repairs, but, uh, but more like, oh, how to close Task Manager and Outlook and how to close Outlook the right way. And here's how you install, you know, an, or, uh, sorry, important PST. Here's how, to, here's how to export your calendar. Real simple things that take us five minutes and 
the clients should learn themselves and they, they don't. And I'm going to make these practice as you go type. They're going to be about five minutes in length. And each one, there's going to be a little pause break so people can pause it and go and practice what they just learned. Because I think what makes people really good Outlook users is knowing the functionality and the features and where stuff, you know, where you can go, go figure it out. I really don't think a lot of people know how to repair Outlook and I don't, I don't really fear people becoming an Outlook expert because these videos aren't meant to teach hardcore troubleshooting. It's meant to teach basics and people pay for Outlook so they should know it better, you know, and they should know what not to touch and what not to worry about because honestly, I'm not, I'm even going to put in the video. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about that because it's not needed. I don't even use it. If I don't use it, you shouldn't use it. That's how I look at it. I don't know. Well, let's see, folks. Let me see if there's anything else here. This might end up being another little sh quick show for you. Um, I got into um, today. My my truck went over a big dip, and I ruined the rod ball joint, rod something. I don't know what the guy told me, but it sounded really scary. Uh, yeah. So I end up having to call AAA in Las Vegas in the heat. Thank God I parked in the shade and I was close to a coffee shop because I was kind of, I wasn't worried that I ruined my truck as much as where am I going to park and be uh, not, uh, you know, melted down because it can get pretty hot in Vegas with the sun here. Uh, it was 116 a week and a half ago. But, um, so anyway, I got a, a nice tow truck guy. He took it to a shop and dropped me off. And that happened just before the show started. Mitch was actually on Facebook asking me if I was okay. <laughs> I am okay. But my poor truck got little, got a little hit there. All right, gang. Well, I think that might be it. I'm trying to see if anything else exciting happened. Uh, I've got the new guy. I've got the new gal. I got the, the contacts and the training. I think that might be it. A lot of my jobs, nothing real exciting happened this last week since the last show. Just basic stuff and this big job. Let me tell you, it was kind of a nice ending that she went on her trip and had all that stuff all set up for her. I love exchange. I love it, love it, love it. Okay, gang, I'm going to close up the show here. Uh, one second. Sure. I was going to check my notes, make sure I got everything. I think so. All right. So this has been a Heyman Hendrickson production, audio supported by Mitch Heyman. Thank you to our sponsor, App River and Podbean for hosting. If you have a story you want to share or want to be a guest on the show, contact Lisa at callthatgirl.biz. You can call me at 612-865-4475. If you want to uh, leave a message with my service, I'll call you back. And if you're interested in getting consulting work from me for Office 365 or uh, want to refer clients over, I do have a 20% commission on referrals and uh, especially for those quick jobs. It's kind of nice to have me handy there. All right, folks, that's it. See you next week.